Hello and welcome back to this, the final episode in this series of Talking Dogs. I've saved a really, really good one till last, I promise. Uh, I'm Graham Hall, by the way. I'm a dog trainer with well over a decade's worth of experience. And in fact, I've worked with so many different breeds, they even call me the dog father. I might have trained your dog with you in a one-to-one in your garden, or more likely you've probably seen me on telly's dogs behaving very badly. Well, I'm right here on this podcast too, giving even more advice and telling the odd story. Well, today's all about puppies, really little puppies. Cute, right? Well, well, yeah, but maybe not. Um, Perhaps you're swept up by the idea of an adorable little ball of fluff in your house, available to give you a cuddle at a moment's notice, um, but you quickly realise that while you might get some of those cuddles you were hoping for, it's actually incredibly hard work raising a dog. Now, somebody who knows all about highs and lows of being a new puppy parent is comedian Frank Skinner. Hi, Frank. Hello, I'm I'm already worried that you've said poppy parents, <laughs> but we'll go with it. I went to the vets the other day, and uh, the vet said to me, "Oh, you're Poppy's daddy, aren't you?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, his his mum's outside having a poo <laughs> on the uh, pavement." I d- I can't I can't quite live with the uh, the mummy and daddy thing, but it's all right. I know people like that kind of thing. As you can see yeah. already, my reticent about completely buying into the. Um, <laughs> That, that sort of world. It's not your style. But anyway, it's it? all good. Yeah, no. So you were quite a reticent dog owner. Maybe are a reticent dog owner. Is that right? Um, yeah, it happened in a complete flash. I live with my partner and our nine-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be good for him. You know the only child thing? It's, it's cheaper to get a dog than get another <laughs> child. Yeah. But my partner, Kath, was totally against it. She said, no, it will really tie us down mm. and, you know, we won't be able to be as spontaneous as, as we uh, used to be before lockdown, etc. Yeah. So that was it. It was over. And then one day she phoned me up and said, listen to this. Um, my friend down the road has bought a dog. And then my other friend around the corner has bought her sister. Ooh. Yeah. And there's a third sister. Wouldn't it be brilliant if we had the three sisters all together? <laughs> and I said, but you don't want a dog. She said, yeah, but this, I think this is exciting, the three sisters. Right. And I said, I don't see what it changes. Mm-hmm. And she said, look, if we, don't, if we don't get it today, it will have gone. <laughs> so suddenly we had a dog. And then the next day she said to me, I've made a terrible mistake. Mm-hmm. What was I thinking of? But by then we've told our son and uh, it's on the way. So Poppy is uh, a cavapoo, yeah? That's right, yeah. We live in an area of London where the Cavapoo is the dog du jour. <laughs> when we're out with Poppy, we see several other very similar dogs out as well. Mm. A lot of them call Poppy, incidentally. Oh, really? So we've bought into a local vibe. I think the beauty of her is important because my partner, you'll find this very surprising considering that she's with me, uh-huh. But she's very obsessed with looks and all that <laughs> stuff. And she right. keeps saying she's such a beautiful dog. Even mm. during that early period of, you know, difficulty and, and, and uh, when you think we've made a big mistake, mm. she did keep saying, but she is a very beautiful dog. Mm. So if she'd been less beautiful, I don't know if we'd still have her great. It might mm. be, I think her beauty has, has, has kept her in the house. Yeah. Well, I can vouch for that because we, we should probably say at this point, I've been to your house and met Poppy. Um, so I think you'd had, a was it a week when I came out? Yeah, we got, we got you in. Having seen you on uh, dogs behaving badly, mm-hmm. which I have to 
to say, with all due respect, is not a programme that would, would have made me think, I must buy a dog. <laughs> no, that's It right. would make me think, I tell you what I don't want in my house, is yes. one of those. Yeah. But anyway, we got you in for a sort of, uh, that siren in the background, don't worry, I live in a very nice area, but occasionally they pass through. <laughs> Yeah, we got you in because uh, we saw you on the television and thought this is a bloke who knows a lot about dogs. Mm. So you came in, yeah, and the idea in a day is you was going to tell us sort of everything we needed to know about getting through poppy mm. hell. <laughs> and I think looking back now, we probably squandered you a bit because I probably just talked to you a lot because I like the sound of my own voice so much. <laughs> <laughs> I probably just talked to you about, you know, the whole vague dog experience and didn't listen enough to your practical advice. But there was practical advice, which we have applied to, to the dog, certainly. My recollection is we talked an awful lot about toilet training because that was, at the time, it was a big thing, wasn't it? It's like, we've, we, we've only just gone and we've had a foot and it's like... Blimey, we didn't realise how bad this was going. How long is this going to last, Graham? You know, and it, it Can was... I say that? Can I say, Graham, about toilet training? I think that I didn't know what the problem was with toilet training right. until we'd had a dog. I mean, I, had, I grew up with dogs, but that was a long time ago, you know, when I was a kid, and we treated them. Mm. It was a very different world. There was no... Mm. I occasionally see a dog on Hampstead Heath wearing small leather booties. <laughs> there wasn't any of that in Smethwick where I grew up. But with house training, I thought the horrible thing about it was there was going to be bodily fluids and stuff on the floor, and that's really mm. horrible and unhygienic. But it is, that's not the horror of the untrained dog. For me, it was the prevention of that so mm. i watched her all the time looking for a, a hint of squat mm. mm -hmm. and that it took up my whole day was watching this dog when she i wouldn't let her out of sight because i was very keen to prevent rather than have to clean it up and that yeah, was yeah. then i thought i can't work it's it's making me tense and all that and mm. that that's the real problem i think with with house training it does take a long time and and i think one of the problems is that everything you read and the more you read the more confused you get and that's the same of a lot of subjects i think but the more you read the more they convince you that that you've, you've got to have this perfect puppy Right, and it's kind of like it's there's an easy way to a perfect puppy, and of course I rock up and say, well, do you know what? it isn't that easy. It's not rocket science, but it's hard work. And do you know what? You you never get the perfect puppy because the perfect puppy and the perfect human they've not been born yet. So it's kind of do your best, but forgive yourself a bit if you miss the odd one, if that makes sense. Well, I agree, but can I slightly spoil this for you by saying that it took us about two weeks. Right. To get to a point where it just stopped yeah. and i'll tell you what we did and i don't i don't think this was your advice so please forgive right. me we went the treat route okay so on the rare occasions she went into the garden uh -huh. to do it we gave her a treat and yeah. pretty soon she'd picked up on how that worked yeah that she got like the the miserable look 
looks and the slight reprimand if it was in the house. Yeah. But then she got a treat if it was in the garden. Yeah. And that kicked in quite fast, I must say. Right. Well, fair enough. And and the, the trick is that any behaviour that feels rewarding always increases, right? So if, if a treat is the rewarding thing, then that's fine too. Sometimes the downside to a treat can be... If you've got a particularly big girl, the dog's over there somewhere and then they crouch and do one and you go, oh, good girl, and she runs to you, you end up training recall, which is fine, but it's not what you kind of had in mind at that moment, if you see what I mean. Things haven't gone that well for me. I don't have that big a <laughs> garden. <laughs> it's the nature of London. I don't think anybody's got a particularly big girl. <laughs> it is. While we're on the subject of toilet training, I've got a lady called Angela who's got in touch with a question. Hi Graham, I have a question about my 10-week-old puppy Woody. He's a Hungarian Vizsla and we are currently potty training him and he's doing really, really well. Now, the question I have for you is, can I train him to go in a specific place in the garden? Because our garden is a shared garden and we'd like to appease the neighbours by making the toilet training go in a specific area. We know and understand that you need to break down training. So at the moment, we have focused on just rewarding him going outside in general. But the long-term goal would be a specific place. Is this possible? Please help, if you can, to help us break it down. Thanks, Graham. Bye. Potty training, Frank. What do you reckon? Yeah, we didn't go that far. <laughs> I'll tell you what I would say on this. I mean... yeah. You'll know the answer on this, I'm sure, Graham, but from the layman's point of view, what I have found randomly is once the dog starts using the garden, mm-hmm. um, I find there is basically two areas, one where she um, wees and one where she poos, and uh-huh. we haven't designated those. Right. But she seems to have arrived at those of her own volition. Yeah, yeah. So when, when I take her into the garden, I know what's going to happen next from where she heads for. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, part of that is because dogs are very much creatures of, of habit. They'll sort of do a routine. So, yeah, um, Angela, with your... Um, I've just got this image in my head of a Hungarian Wiesler balancing on a potty. If you can manage that, send me a picture. We'll, <laughs> I'll have you on the telly. <laughs> the serious question is, yeah, how do you get one area of the garden? Just very recently, in fact, in last week's episode, I was talking to uh, Amit Patel, who's got a guide dog called Kika. Now, Kika always goes to the same toilet spot so that Amit can find the, uh, the, you know, the poo and pick it up and do the thing. So it is absolutely possible to teach dogs to go in a particular area so how do you do it well really you, you were halfway there i think um frank with you you rewarding it in your case with a with a treat if there's a particular area you want to go to you can sort of usher her there so if you're really struggling angler and it's a big sort of communal area you could take her out on lead and so you sort of guide her to that sort of area hang around hang around then it's oh good girl very good treat maybe God, that's that's fine and if you always reward it in that particular area area she'll begin to associate ah this is the place the other thing that happens is dogs are very conscious of what's under their feet because they aren't wearing shoes apart from the, <laughs> apart from the ones on hamster teeth yeah. so they often go if it feels like grass for example let's say grass is the, is the place they go so um, if it feels like grass it's p- probably a toilet but i don't go on hard surfaces or i don't go on gravel now for example if you're blind or visually impaired you pretty much want the dog to go on a hard surface because it's easy to pick up and find and what that sometimes leads to is a dog 
sort of saying, right, okay, so if it feels like this, that's a toilet. You've always had hard flooring in your house, right? Or there's one area of the house that's got, got carpet. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Mm. And that's, that's the one area that some dogs will go in the house. So if you do have that kind of problem where you've, you've got a dog who's just doing a weird thing um, and going to one particular spot in the house, just have a think about what's underfoot. Um, is it like the place that they go outside? That's something we don't think about, really. I have to say, we're making it sound like the whole thing's been a nightmare. There, there are some brilliant bits, obviously. Yeah, OK, well, tell me about that. Well, there's one thing that you told me about was what you said was get, get her to sit and see how far you can walk away, and this was a gradual process. Oh, yeah. But I've simplified that because it was quite complicated. <laughs> so the calling of her, if, if I really need her to come, I say... This is, I'm going to do the voice, Poppy Com, which yeah. you suggested to me was a good da-da-da. It's a good tune for them to mm -hmm. pick yeah. up on. And so I tried that in the garden with a treat at the end of it. And there's another thing that you said to me was, um, what you want to do in that situation is not make it a calm command, make it an incredible, excited, enthusiastic. Yeah. yeah. So then I took her over longer distances on the nearby um, heath. Right. And I'd, I'd get her to come and I'd be going, Poppy, come, Poppy, come, come on, girl, come on. And she's absolutely exploding. That The ears have blown back <laughs> full speed, you know. Yeah. But what's great, it just felt like a bit of a laugh and it was great to see her. Yeah. But... Kath, my partner, has been incredibly courageous from the beginning about letting her off the lead when we're out. Mm. I was really, I said, let's wait till we're six, she's six months or 12. I was really anxious that she'd bite somebody or run away or whatever. Yeah. And Kath said, no, no, we've got to do that. And I would say, for me, thus far, the greatest joy of having a dog mm. is letting her off the lead and just watching her go and romp around. And if she does, she wouldn't run away, I don't think. I think she's seems to me she's maybe too timid to run away, full stop. She keeps looking back at us. But she'll go quite a distance. And she does sometimes jump up kids. She gets a bit, not to bite, but like lick their faces and stuff. But honestly, Graham, from 150 yards, if I go, Poppy, come, crouch down, she will come absolutely zooming over. And that, it's a bit like having um, an extending lead from God. You don't actually need, <laughs> she just come. I know she'll come. I'm absolutely certain of it. And yeah. she's never let me down. And letting the dog go free like that is a really brilliant feeling. There's a couple of things that you raise there. So the the tone of voice excited because you want excitement, right? You you want that, as you say, bounding towards your ears, flapping in the breeze, you know, can't wait to get there. Great. So if you're a bit flat with it and and to be honest, this is this is more a man thing than a woman thing, you know. Women aren't afraid of doing the whoopee doo stuff in the park. Blokes very often stand around going Fido, come here. Yeah, and Fido, yeah, Fido's like really. Um, so you've you've done the excited thing. That's created excitement in her. So that's all good. Can I tell you, Graham? That I I learnt this many years ago with audiences. It works the same. If a noisy audience is a temptation for an inexperienced comic to get louder, right, to speak above them. Uh -huh. But if you go down a bit and take take it all down. 
they start getting quieter and they start coming in. You start drawing them in because they want to hear what you're saying. Yeah. So I think you sort of lead them down, if you know what yeah. I mean. And I think that the same thing works with, um, I'm not saying dogs and audiences are interchangeable, <laughs> but I suppose a dog is an audience of sorts. That's really interesting. And, and actually pretty good advice, because I've, I've got a, a couple of live appearance things to do that I'm a bit nervous about, because I'm, I'm fairly new to being on stage and I'm no stand-up, but I'll remember that advice. Presumably, sooner or later, you're going to be maybe touring or have sort of longer-term TV commitments. How, how, how's that going to change things for Poppy? Well, you know, I've been away a few times and that's fine because Kath hasn't. But soon we're going on a holiday where dogs aren't allowed. So we've had to do some phoning round. I, I actually texted you about it. You did, yeah. Because I had never really... I, you know, when we had dogs... Um, in my childhood, the idea of putting them in a, you know, some sort of kennels. They might have been in a kennel somewhere, but I don't mm. think we had one of those even. So mm. I didn't, I really didn't know where to start. So it was just mm. a case of Googling the area and putting in, you know, dog hotel and stuff they call them now. And just, and just seeing what we decided to do, which I hadn't really thought about before, I always imagined if you had a dog and you were going away, mm. you put the dog somewhere local to where you live and then off you go on holiday. But it occurred to me that's the wrong way to do it. The way to do it and the way we're doing it is to take the dog almost to the holiday and then have mm. the kennels or wherever they're going to stay, the dog hotel, whatever you want to call it, to have that nearby. And then during the holiday, we can we can have a couple of days where we go out, take the dog for a walk, make sure the dog's okay and just yeah, give yeah, it a bit yeah. of familiarity. Brilliant. That's a great idea. I wish I'd have thought of it myself. You can have that. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> it's good. Oh, I'm glad you found somewhere. That's brilliant. Um, when we were chatting, when I came to yours, I know we had this conversation about dog walkers and whether or not to employ a, a dog walker to help you out in your busy periods and all that. Mm. Where, where are you on that? Because I remember when we were chatting, your initial feeling, which is very kind of honourable, was, look, you don't get a dog to, to just farm out the stuff to other people, you know. You, you wanted to be doing it yourself, but... Have you gone down that route at all? We have. When I've, um, when I've been away working and Kat's been at home, yeah, she's put her out with a local dog walker. And I must say, I was anti, you're quite right, because I just, it felt like a very sort of, I don't know, posh thing to do. Right. It's like, you yeah. know, the Queen having 12 nannies yeah. for the babies yeah. or whatever. Um, but... What I find now, and this can be a, um, a bit painful initially, but when the dog walker comes, Poppy's really excited to go. Uh, yeah. And I think it's because him and his team have about 15 dogs mm. that they she spends the day with. Mm -hmm. And so it's like my, you know, during the school holidays, I send my, look, he's doing a cricket camp this week. Right. Yep. You know, people yep. need to be amongst their peers, and I guess dogs are the same, yeah. especially as her two sisters are away on holiday at the moment, so she hasn't got that community. You know, you talk to me a lot about socialisation mm. and um, getting her used to hearing very early on, 
even if before she can walk because of the she hadn't had the injection, so she mm-hmm. couldn't walk on the pavement. Get her out, and I took her to look at cement mixers <laughs> and jackhammers and uh, whatever. I took her to all the loud, difficult bits, and I think it has definitely helped. But I think it's good to get them. You, I mean, you might tell me I'm wrong. I think getting them amongst other dogs yeah. seems like a good thing. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, it's, it's, I think there's two things there. So socialisation is, is a big thing, and we often think of socialisation as being getting used to being with other people and other dogs. But, you, you, I mean, I've chuckled at cement mix because it's about everything you're going to come across in life. And if you're a little puppy growing up in London, you sure as heck are going to go across building work um it's always going mm. on the roads you know so it's it's getting them used to the sights sounds smells all of those things of everything you're going to come across in life and for the person that you're with can i can i tell you graham yeah. sorry to interrupt but we, we actually got to the point where kath would come in and say the bin men are down the road Brilliant. get the dog and we'd take the dog out to go and have a look at the, the bins going in the store Brilliant. which is all smell and sound You've got it. and and everything else well i'll take my hat off to you because that that's exactly what you, you you want to be doing you'll have created a bulletproof dog you see by doing that she's like bin men not a problem cement mixer yeah yeah you know and that that's what you want and if your demeanor while you're doing it is very much oh look look at this this is new this is normal it's fine then you're creating those those kind of positive associations so that's that's all good but the other thing about coming back to the dog walker thing uh, yeah i'm i'm glad you've come to that because i think that was right and I, I remember having this this is quite often the case when you're with a couple you know and, and somebody says no i don't want to do that because i remember you saying oh, a bit of a posh thing and it's almost like you're abdicating your responsibility sort of feeling you know mm. that was kind of well, your it's sort side. of like playing having a dog instead of having a dog yeah. do you know what i mean yeah if you're going to do it do it and, and i'm I, I can see that side but i could also see kath quite rightly saying Look, come on, we're going to need a bit of help. And it's a good thing she'll get out with, the, you know, the people. And, you know, and I suppose the other thing is you've got an assistant at work, people help, you know, and you don't have to do it all yourself, you know. So I'm like, yeah, just, I think that's right. I, I, I do see people who almost do the nanny thing, you know, they bring up a puppy by, by proxy almost, you know. Yeah. But actually, I think good dog walkers have a really big role to play, and I think dogs generally love it. I think it's because I'm a Roman Catholic. I feel that if you don't suffer, it's not worth <laughs> but um, I think where we've got yeah. with the pop because we weren't going to do treats, and then we did treats, and it was a big success. We weren't going to do the dog. I think it's hard enough, you know, the early stages. What is the point in making it harder for yourself? It's, you know, and if you're making it harder for yourself, you're just going to be resentful for the dog and the dog's going to pick up on a bit of, you know, oh, they don't really want me here. Not in those exact terms, but, you know, there must be some vague sense of resentment. So I think if, if you're happy, then that sort of probably emanates from you in some sort of dog understandable vibe that makes her a bit happier as well. It, it does, because there's, I mean, there's loads of, of signs behind it now, but they pick up on our um, our facial expressions, like the tiniest little things. Um, so all of those things, yeah, they, they when you're happy, they know it. And, and when you're not happy, they pick up on that as well. You know? I should say that we do laugh at her a lot i mean with you know they do funny things 
And that's that's where we've got our money's worth. I think I think the three of us often fall about laughing at some stupid thing she's doing with a carton that she's found or something. So that's good, you know, a bit of home entertainment, you know. Yeah. It, it does nothing on Netflix. Yeah. Look at the dog for an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And it's funny, you know, the dog's behaving badly on the telly. Dog's behaving very badly. There was a, there was a pilot that went out on a, on a different channel and it was all quite dark and lots of Jaws music and all oh, can he fix it and all that. There's a bit of that always anyway because, you know, I'm thrown into some situations they're like, blimey, okay, I should do my best, but yeah. you know, the, if, I, if I can't fix this, we're in big trouble. So there's always a bit of jeopardy. But previously there was n not much of the humour and then Channel 5, bless them, when I was talking to them about it, they said, is there anything that you would change? And I said, well, look, funny things happen. And, you know, I just think it, we're missing something when we cut them out before because, you know, dog people just get that dogs do funny things, you know, and sometimes unexpected moments. I'll, I'll give you an example. So this is one of the outtakes. I was sat in this lady's house and it was a big problem. It was a dog that was, was causing a lot of damage in, in the house. And uh, it was a housing association house. She was on a second stage eviction warning. If the dog does anything else, you're out. So what are you going to do? I mean, you're out of a home. What, how, what are you going to do? You're, okay, could you rehome a dog that was as bad as that? Could you take him with you? Big problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I was very new to, to, to the telly and, and all that. So I'm, I'm sat opposite and it's like, right, okay, here we go then. So, and I've asked the lady this, this question, which is, look, I'll do my very best for you, but um, if I can't fix this what's going to happen you know and you can almost sense the whole crew everybody went oh here we go right and this lady said it was up north she said uh, can i can i just say something uh, and i said yeah yeah no of course she went um he's just farted <laughs> <laughs> so I said oh don't worry darling i always blame the dog as well right <laughs> so then we did all that and then we did it again and you know got the the the, the answer and i said to the to the exact producer who was there on this it was the first shoot i'd ever done i said i suppose that one's in the bin and he went no no not necessarily because things like that they're funny because you think you know where this is going and then dogs yeah. just do funny things you know kath always says that it's nice having someone in the house now that's completely uncomplicated yeah you know the thing. rest of us everyone's got their anxieties mm. and their worries they're worried about what's mm. going to happen tomorrow and that and the dog just seems you know da, 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 just carrying yeah. on with it and yeah. it's quite it's hard to explain but it just brings a different energy to the house and, and i think it sounds to me like you're a bit of a convert really because when i first saw you it was we're not sure we've made a massive mistake here but she sounds very much as though she's she's with you for good now and and that's it well, I'll tell you what it is, um, is that my son loves that. Kath, mm. as, as I, I can honestly say that Kath has showed a more open, loving affection for her than I've experienced from her myself for some <laughs> 15 years. And I'm not exaggerating that. She's, Kath is quite a sort of non-emotional, mm. not non-emotional, but she's not very touchy-feely, hoggy kind of person. Yeah. She really is with the dog. Mm. And people keep saying to me, do you love her yet? And I think love is a big word, but I do feel that she's part of the furniture now. Mm. And that to me is probably as, as close as it's, it's going to get. You know, I include her now in my plans. Mm. And I'll tell you something, Kath had decided that it was a bad idea, that we'd made a big mistake and, and all that. 
And then when she was really quite young, not long after you'd been round to see us, Kath dropped her on her head and she was sick then, the dog. I got back from work and Kath was, the state that Kath was in, that was when I first realised that she loved the dog. And we were straight down to the vets and got her scanned and all that sort of stuff. But I I just she was so so upset that she'd mm. hurt the dog mm. that I thought that's it the dog is here to stay now, and I would say to anyone who's thinking of getting a dog, logistically it can be a major problem for things like holidays and stuff like that. The rest of it is fine, but you can't get round the fact that life is not quite so straightforward when you've got one. But you know, we've got her now and. Uh, She's settled in. <laughs> and you settled into her. I think I have, yeah, probably. And you know what? On that note, I think we'll end it. It's been great to chat to you and to catch up. I'm, I'm so pleased it's worked out for you. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Graham. And uh, thanks for your help. And uh, I'll be phoning you again soon, no doubt. Well, I thank Frank. Uh, All's left is to say a huge thank you to you for being here throughout this series of Talking Dogs listening to me, Rabbit On. We've covered so much, from recall and reactivity to stealing food and settling at night and lots in between. All of those episodes are available for you to listen back whenever you're feeling a bit lost or in need of a wee bit of advice. I'm already looking forward to chatting again, but until then, make sure you look after yourselves, your loved ones, and of course, drumroll, your dogs. Bye for now. Thank you.